You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. So here's an idea I wanted to explore. What if I could buy lots of Instagram accounts and have millions of followers and point them to either my own accounts so I could sell things like books or whatever, or even point them to other products so that I can get affiliate fees. Well, I was thinking about this and then I heard about somebody who did exactly that, Daniel Snow. And he came on the podcast for Side Hustle Fridays. You're about to listen to it. Described how he totally dominated that business and his sort of the pros and cons of going into that business again. And also we discussed his current business where he helps other brands get attention and he talks about one client which he brought from 30,000 a month in revenues to $3 million a month in revenues in just five months. And so without further ado, here is Daniel Snow. All right, Daniel, I heard about you when uh, in the trends group and Sam mentioned that you, um, we're talking about how to buy Instagram accounts and build up a whole Instagram follower empire and then monetize it. And also you just told me some amazing stuff about, you know, how you're helping build e-commerce brands. You built one brand from what was it? 30,000 a month in revenues to three, they had a 3 million revenue month. So we'll get to that in a second, but I want to build an Instagram empire. So I was looking at this. Well, first off, welcome, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Maybe, maybe start off telling you, you got into this like 10 years ago. You were, you were like really into memes and you built a meme empire and monetized it. Like, what were you, what were you doing then? And, and 10 years ago, weren't you like 12 years old? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was about eight years ago at this point, but I was a sophomore in college. Um, I got started out just similar to, to many college kids. I was a biology major. And I was broke. I had I had no money and I didn't have time to get a job either because I was, you know, I wanted to get good grades and maintain at least some social life. So um, how I got started in, 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 the, in the social media space was a simple conversation I had with my friend. He told me he was making $45 a week through a Twitter account. This is back in 2012. So um, this was during winter break, my sophomore year um, in, in a gym. And after he told me this, I was amazed. I was like, wow, you're making 
I don't even know the numbers, almost $3,000 a year off your phone. That's insane. So I literally left the gym in the parking lot. I made a Twitter account and started mass following people. And yeah, that's that, that was how so, I got So, started. okay, I've been on Twitter since 2006. I have never made $1. So how do you even make $45 on Twitter? So at that time, it was through essentially affiliate marketing. Um, companies were at the, at specifically it was through a company called my life. That's what a lot of people who were big on Twitter and, and Facebook were using at the time. What was, so, what was that company? It was called my likes. Okay. Do they exist still? I don't think they exist anymore. I have, okay. I really, I have no idea. Um, Yahoo also had their own kind of one that was called cha cha, which was also really big. Um, essentially you were sending traffic to content blogs and there was tons, you know, it was gallery sites. So there was tons of ads on it. Um, but anyways, my likes was kind of a self-serve adver- advertising platform. There was affiliate marketing ads on it for various e-commerce products, a lot of different Nutra stuff like, you know, muscle diet, skin. And this is on, this is on Twitter, right? This was on Twitter, but you could send it. Like I said, a lot of people were using it also, also on Facebook. Um, really if you had a large following or even on, on your own website, it was an easy way to, to monetize it with those types of ads. So, so. So, so, but, but a couple of things is, and this is all on Twitter. First, you have to build up a sizable following. That's a real authentic following. Second, you can only build that following and use it for, you know, sending people out to buy products, you know, so affiliate marketing, basically you're sending people to these other products that you recommend and you take a cut if they buy. And that's a great way to make money, but they have to, you have to be really authentic and sincere about the recommendations and they have to really trust you and know this isn't just some affiliate kind of scam thing. So how would you build up the following and build that trust and and so on? So how I initially built the following, like I mentioned, was just mass following. Uh, I remember the first day I followed a thousand people and I gained, I think 350 followers. I was like, wow, you know, you could do the math, just do this every single day. And before, you know, I, I didn't know that their Twitter had their, their, their limits on it and their algorithms, depending on how, how on uh, pretty much the abuse of mass following people. So once I, once I reached the limit of that, I had to figure out other ways. Um, so then I started, so at the time I, I had a, a fitness Twitter account. So what I realized was that, you know, with all these followers, fitness companies would be interested in giveaways. And before the fitness companies were interested in giveaways I, before I had a real following, like you said, someone had to, <laughs> had to do it. So essentially I did my own giveaways, um, with just like different kind of supplements I already had. So what would you do? Just d- describe a giveaway. So a giveaway would be like, we're giving away, I don't know, five tubs of, pro- of, of protein powder. You have to retweet this, uh, like it and follow us to enter. And then what I would do is I would, send it to everyone else who had a big Twitter following at the time that was, or that was somewhat related to this interest. And they would promote my contest in response to essentially winning that, winning the contest. So I'd send, send them the, the supplements and in return, they would promote my giveaway for free, essentially. Okay. So wait, well, I, I'm trying to understand. So you would, was it their supplements? So you reached out to them or? So it was, it was I, 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 essentially I was sponsoring it myself. And then once I was able to get big enough, then we started doing it with bigger companies, Vitamin Shop, Quest Nutrition, stuff like that uh, started started to, to sponsor it because all they had to do was give away free products, which is essentially completely free to them, right? To get, to get 
hundreds of thousands of, of impressions. So it was a no brainer for them. And it was great for me too, because now I, I was able to, to have re, re, these much bigger giveaways and get all these other large Twitter accounts involved in promoting them for a chance to win them. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm such an, an idiot. I'm, I'm, I know this is probably really easy and my brain malfunctioned here. So you were approached by, you, you were doing this giveaway, which basically said, oh, I'm giving away 10 supplements or vitamins or whatever. And all you got to do is follow me and retweet me and you're in the contest. That's and then it. you, and then you would pick randomly at the end of the month or the giveaway period, uh, 10 accounts and you'd send them free supplements. And how would you get the, again, the large, uh, you know, large accounts involved? Like why would they, what's their incentive to, to retweet your thing? Well, the incentive at the, at the time was I would pretty much just pick them for the, to be the winner. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a great incentive. Um, you know, it was, I only had like a few thousand followers. There's no money involved. It was just like win a protein, win a protein tub, um, or something, something along those lines. And so they would retweet your account and all of their followers would start following you and retweeting. Yeah. So that was one, that was one way to, to, you know, grow hack, so to speak. Another one was, was cross promoting. So once I was able to, to gain somewhat of a following, saving five to 10,000 followers, which to me at the time was, could have been 10 million, yeah. um, was just finding other people who are, who share similar demographics and, and followers and we promote each other's accounts. So I find, let's say five other fitness Twitter accounts. I promote something that they want, you know, retweet it, shout it out, favorite, whatever it is. And they do the same thing. And just being consistent that way, whereas I was able to gain consistent amount of followers every day and not spam my account because we were make, we were making the content organic. So, so you would like, you would like shout out something they posted or tweeted so people would follow them and then they would do something for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's say now, you know, I was able to start gaining, getting some money, I don't know, five, $10 a day in revenue. Cause now I have, let's say five, 10,000 followers. And then you can take that money, reinvest it into the larger accounts who wouldn't want to do free cross promotions with you and then pay them to promote your account. So you'd reach out to them and say, Hey, I'd be willing to pay you a hundred dollars if you shout out my account. Exactly. So, so it's those three techniques. So contest, uh, cross promotion and paying for promotion. Yeah. But, but paying for promotion with like-minded accounts so that, you know, it's an authentic audience. That's not going to just unfollow you the second your giveaway is over or whatever. Exactly. And then, you know, naturally as, as you're growing, your organic posts are reaching a broader audience. Then you're now organically gaining more followers in greater and greater amounts as you're growing and having an active audience. So that comes as, as the fourth step. So then what, okay. So now you're on, you're on Twitter, fitness, doing all this stuff. What, what's, what was your, we're going to get to memes and Instagram in a second, but like, what was your peak month doing this? you you, you were, what were you like? Uh, uh, you were a sophomore in college. What, what was your, how much money were you making per month? At the, at that time? Yeah. Or, 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 or your peak in that. So the peak of that, we were doing over a hundred thousand a day revenue. Oh my gosh, a hundred thousand a day. Over so in like ten days, you make a million dollars. Yeah. And how many Twitter followers did you build up to? So, but what that? So now we're fast forwarding like two years. So what happened? Okay. What what? Eventually, what I what I did was I became very good at understanding how to monetize a following. And keep in mind, this was 2012, 2013, 14, 15. People weren't really educated in all, in all different ways on how to monetize. Number one. Number two, a lot of these kids that had these large followings were, were very young and, and not very advanced on 
online marketing or how to build a website or really anything. So there's a huge opportunity there with tons of followers at their disposal, not an understanding on how to monetize, and they want an easy solution. So I became very good at understanding all the different ways you can monetize an audience. And I built, similar to how my likes had, I built my own self-serve advertising platform for these people through affiliate marketing, but we made it very easy. And we built the landing pages, we gave them creatives, et cetera. And now instead of just my following, I had pretty much everyone on Twitter, all the, all the people who had large followings using my platform to monetize. And then we expanded into Instagram as well. And now we had celebrities, stuff like that, promoting. Oh, I see. So, so basically what you did was you aggregated all the affiliate offers out there. Then you would approach, let's say somebody had a 400,000 followers on some Twitter account for fitness. You would approach them and say, hey, uh, if you like this product and believe in it uh, and you tweet about it, uh, here's kind of the affiliate software to track your tweets and who, who buys this product and you'll get 50% uh, of 50% of the sales revenues of everyone who buys this product. They would sign up. You would take some fee in the middle. So maybe they'd get 40%, you'd get 10% and the brand would get 40% and boom, you were just, you were just making money while you sleep all, all day and night. How, how many people, how many, um, brands did you have on one side and how many that you were selling and have had affiliate deals with and how many, um, Twitter accounts were signed up through for your process? I believe we had about 50 different advertisers on it. Um, and we had over 3000 affiliates or influencers, whatever you want to call them on our platform. And then to go back a second, we also didn't approach people in that way because we found, and when you approach them that way, oh, people are always getting approached to, to, to do something, right? So they weren't interested in that. So what they were interested in was making money. So what we would do is that we would buy promotions off them let's say five to 10 times and we were making, we were doing it profitably. And eventually we said, why do you know, we're, why do you think we keep buying these promotions off you? It's because we're making way more money than what, than what we're paying you. Why don't you just become an affiliate? You can promote it whenever you want and you'll make more money doing it. So that was the real way of doing it. And then we, we made our affiliates affiliates. Then we, we gave them an incentive to get all their other friends on the platform as well. So by doing those two things, that was how we were able to grow the platform super fast. Wait, you made your affiliates, your affiliates. on both sides. So we, so we then gave them a percentage for each person they referred to our platform, they would get a percentage of their revenue in perpetuity. I see. So they would recommend other brands to be in your advertising on the advertising side, not brands, but, uh, other, other for the specifically influencers or someone who had a large following. I see. I see. So they, cause they knew, other people in their universe, of course, you know, like their, their sponsors and stuff. And then how'd you get to the, how'd you break into the celebrity side of this? Exactly how I, I, I told you, we, you know, we were buying, spending tons of money with, 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 the, with, the, with them and telling them, you know, after we've, we've given them tens of thousands of dollars consistently saying what we have all these different offers, we're making a lot of money off, off, off of your promotions. Why don't you just do it for yourself and you can promote it whenever you want. So, so, that was so how in, we did it. in two years, like what was, what was, this is, this was in a two year period. What was kind of the, the, the light where you were like, oh, wow, I don't have to just do it for my own account. I can scale this in various ways. So my light was, I remember, uh, I, I, so I remember walking from class to my dorm room and I saw a Forbes article about, I think it was, they were, these kids on Twitter, young kids like myself, maybe a little older, 
they were doing, I think it was either a hundred thousand a month or a million dollars a month um, off Twitter. I think it was probably a million dollars a month. And to me, that was like the complete eye opening experience. And I went from being kind of small minded in the aspect of I'm trying to just monetize my accounts to then seeing a lot bigger picture and seeing the huge power that this community of people had. Um, so that was the, the shift in focus for me. Was so, when I so right. Out. So you saw, you saw that what you had of value was not necessarily your following, but the affiliate link, you could put the affiliate link anywhere. You could anywhere, you could put it on the side of a bus and anyone who uses that link, you make money. And so you would basically then contact these kids with these huge followings and buy up their inventories, but with your link affiliate link. So you're making the money. Yeah, pretty much. And I see. Okay. So, so after two years, you're making a hundred thousand a day. That's, that's a lot of money. That's like 36 million a year. <laughs> so we didn't do that for 365 days straight. I think our best month we did between two and $3 million or something like that in revenue. Uh, and then what happened to that business? So that business, you know, with different issues with the advertisers, the affiliates and other stuff ended up kind of like not, you know, just, I, I wasn't so, so interested in it anymore because especially with, like I said, our, our, the main, the core of our business was at the end of the day, affiliate marketing. And if you're familiar, you the audience is familiar with affiliate marketing. There's just so many things that, that can go wrong. Like let's say we're doing hundred thousand a day. Well, now that advertiser has to process that and make money off it as well. So eventually they said they can't handle all that volume. And then they changed up their whole offer eventually. And then all of our affiliates are getting super frustrated because they don't understand the rational reasons why this happens. They just say, they, they just get unhappy, right? So, um, and then it was always just trying to find the next offer or this or that. And I just didn't see the business as having longevity and the type of, at least what we were doing. I, I, thought, I thought, you know, there was a, a lot of opportunity in the actual platform itself. It was completely self-serve, but uh, I just eventually identified getting, creating our own e-commerce brands with all the data um, that we accumulated and understanding of how pretty much, you know, tons of people on social media were sending traffic, how much traffic they were sending, how much we can expect all these different demographics to send or generate per post, et cetera, et cetera. So we used all that knowledge to then launch our own e-commerce brands, which scaled even faster than the platform was. So here's the data you had. You knew which products were, were selling the best, which ones were getting the most click through. So there was a lot of demand for it, obviously. So you figured, okay, I could make my own products and not have to, I'll be my own affiliate. And then you also knew which demographics were driving the most traffic and, and converting. So you were able to focus on building up the Twitter followings in that demographic or buying the Twitter followings in that demographic and, and, and so on. So you focused on basically creating your own, your own e-commerce brand and you knew how to do the marketing for it. Exactly. So, so wait, but at the end of this period, were you still in college or you were like, ah, screw biology. I'm just going to make, you know, 2 million a month. So I did finish college. It was brutal. Uh, Selmalek that last semester almost got me, but, uh, I did finish college. Why? Wait, did you, oh, I need something to fall back on. I'm only making 2 million a month. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to be a plumber. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I had so much energy invested in that sense. That was my thought process. It made no sense for me to quit if I could at least skate by. You know, I was still going to class, like working on my platform. I wasn't very applied at that point. Prior to that huge rocket ship of the platform, I wanted to be a dentist. So, um, 
you know, I, I invested a lot, of, a lot of time and energy into school. After that, se- that senior year, I was kind of not really focused on school anymore, but I still just wanted to finish it. Um, also, so my mom didn't have a heart attack. Right, no, I, I get that. Were you, like, were you like the king of college? Because on the one hand, you're going to classes like every other student. On the other hand, did, did all your classmates know you were making like $2 million a month from your business? Um, like were, were, were girls just like stopping you in the street and saying, hey, let's hang out sometime? Uh, no, I honestly, I kept it really, really low key. I didn't tell anyone, not even my friends or even family at the time, what, how much how much Why? I was. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of anxiety for about it for some reason. That's really interesting. Like, I think I would be like throwing the money all around until I eventually lost it all. What, what, what were you anxious about? Like, what were you afraid of? For one, I would say I was mainly afraid of that was like the, the, the pinnacle of my life was what I was afraid of. And then once I, I have that in public, then I need to get, you know, constantly, how, how can I peak at the age of 21 when I'm in college? I couldn't fathom how can I outdo that? Right, because then when I put myself on that kind of pedestal, like you were explaining, then I have to constantly outdo that. And at the age of twenty-one, it's a lot to kind of take in. So that was a big reason for that. Did you have like millions in the bank? Like, were your would you visit your parents and they're struggling to pay their mortgage, and you could just pay off their house, <laughs> and they didn't know? Um, <laughs> um, they definitely were struggling, but. Um, I would say after I bought my, my house when I was still in college, right on the Hudson River in Edgewater, they kind of were a little less on edge. My mom still wanted me, me to be a dentist, though. Um, did they think you were a drug dealer? Like how they did definitely, you? Yeah, they, they thought there was something going on. They're like, the FBI is going to get involved, this, that. They just had no, <laughs> they had no idea what was going on. So okay, so now you're you're you you figure it's not like you gave up on the old business. You just figured, okay, hey, I could kind of make some of these areas more efficient. Like for instance, instead of having other people make the products, I'll make the products and store them virtually or whatever, and and use the same techniques, but have it more fine tuned and and make greater profit margins. So so yeah. what happened then? Yeah. So so our e-commerce brands exploded. Our, our first six months. We did six million in revenue, um, which was not as easy as uh, the the platform because the platform was all traffic, right? It, it felt fake, kind of like you know. I'm sure you can imagine. It's just like tra- yeah. it, it, it wasn't real. Versus e-commerce, that was another thing. I wanted to like you know get my hands dirty, so to speak. It felt weird to do all this and like I don't know. It just felt weird. So I wanted to get my hands dirty, so to speak. So we did you know fulfillment at one point, which was the worst idea in the world. Customer service, you know, full 360 we're doing in-house. So, But now the, all these things you can outsource, like fulfillment. There's companies like Shipbunk, customer course, service. Yeah. There's there's uh, companies that do it. So we should have outsourced it. Eventually we did. But um, it was just, it was, it was crazy because, you know, now we're scaling like we were before. But now we had to deal with the infrastructure of it, not just the traffic. So that part was very, was hard. Um, but anyways, our, then we launched another brand using our same kind of marketing tactics. And that brand, we went for our first six months, we went from zero to 12 million in revenue. So our first- What, 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 what was the brand? What was the product? That, that brand was called Perfect Sculpt. That was a women's shapewear and activewear company. Um, like a Lululemon kind of thing? Like No, like it was like more like sweatwear. It was like bras, um, shapewears, and like, you know, waist trainers and like body sculpting type things. So, so okay, can I ask some specifics? Like, like, 
would you go to Alibaba and find kind of generic women's activewear and then sort of go to those factories and have your brand on them and that's what you were selling? Um, in, for some products, yeah. We weren't like developing and creating our own products. Yeah, like how were you manufacturing them? We were, we were finding manufacturers of products that already existed. For the Would most you part. use China? Uh, China was the, mo where most of our products were, were, were manufactured, just like probably the rest of the world, yeah. Like, like, yeah, so like, let's say women's sweatpants, you'd buy them for like $3. Would you have like your own specific design or logo on it? Yeah, yeah. And then you would sell for like 20 or something? Yeah, something along those lines. And, and you had your own store? Would you use Amazon sellers? Would you use eBay? Would you use anything like that? This was all on our own Shopify store. Wow. So, and then how would you do the, the fulfillment? Like, did you have a warehouse that you would ship to or were you drop shipping straight from the factory to the customer? We were fulfilling it all out of, out of our own warehouse. Wow. So, uh, so, so basically I, all of this stuff sounds like possible now, like we're, now we're probably up to like 2014 or 2015, but the idea of, let's say going to Alibaba, finding a manufacturer of pajamas, uh, putting your brand on it and then using uh, a big Twitter following of people interested in clothes or in your case, fitness and women's activewear and so on, you could, this is all still doable. Yeah. I would, I would say the one thing that isn't as doable as how we scaled so aggressively through like influencers and these like meme type accounts. I don't, I don't think that can be done anymore just because of that. The algorithm change every platform has had. Um, but outside of that, you know, at the end of the day, what we achieved, the revenue, you can definitely still achieve that through Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, stuff like that, and combining influencer content, which you can then leverage on those platforms. So, so when did you get into the meme stuff? Like, and talk about that in the Instagram, you know, built you, you, so you own like the, or you, you have the biggest rap or hip hop Instagram accounts out there. They're also huge on TikTok. Like what, what does it mean? The, the meme accounts, the algorithm change, like what ha what did you do? So what I did was like, I, like I said, I, I got started in this space through creating these social media accounts. So while I was doing all this, that was still in the background. I never got fully rid of it and they kept growing larger and larger as, as time goes. When we moved the platform from Twitter to Instagram, you know, into getting the Instagram affiliates using our platform, I also decided to create an Instagram account. And I noticed an interesting opportunity that Worldstar at the time, which was like the biggest, right, memes and all that stuff, kind of on maybe for, for my generation, you know, on social media and even the website, um, they didn't have an Instagram account. So I created a Worldstar Instagram account. I did everything I mentioned before on Twitter. I did the exact same thing. I paid all the, the, the big accounts. I didn't do giveaways, but I pretty much just paid all the big accounts to promote it. And um, eventually got big enough where I was able to now do free shout out trades, promotion, cross promotions with those same accounts I was previously paying. And it was able to gain a million followers in, in two months. So, so w w which account was this that got the million followers? That was, so that, the name of that was Funny World Star. Funny World Star. And it was just, what was on it? Just funny memes? Memes, videos. Yeah. Where, where would you find them? Like 4chan? Um, where would, all over Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. So like, what would be an example of meme? I don't know. Like <laughs> there's just so many different types, like, like a funny picture or a video. Yeah. Like people say like meme as in like everything you post is a meme. Not everything's always a meme. For some reason, everyone just associates a large account as being a meme account. Um, we were posting, you know, whatever, whatever we thought was engaging 
uh, for our community. So it was, you know, videos, definitely some memes in there, funny pictures, stuff like that. Mostly just funny though. Yeah, funny, just funny stuff. And so you built up to a million followers, which I guess in 2015, 2016 was, was huge for Instagram. Yeah. And, and how would you reach out to the accounts and, and say, hey, can I pay you to shout out my account? So because we moved our platform to Instagram and now we were able to get all of the, we, well, first off, we got the largest, one of the largest people in that, let's call it, you know, meme community on Instagram as our working for us. So he recruited all the biggest people on Instagram to our platform. And what would people do? They, they do what, you know, essentially whatever the people who influence them do. So now we got the biggest people using our platform. Eventually all the smallest people found out about it. And now we had pretty much everyone on Instagram, the meme community using our platform to monetize. So now because I own the platform, I could also get the cheapest rates from these people just because of the relationship we now had. And I was paying them. Um, so I was able to get the cheapest rates from my accounts and, and yeah. And they were using your platform to find affiliate deals that they could promote and make money off of yeah. to monetize their accounts. Okay. So, uh, uh, and so that, that's something that could certainly exist now, aggregating all the affiliate deals for Instagram accounts and, you know, for sure. Yeah. You know, paying, paying these accounts to, uh, uh, to first buy their inventory, but then convincing them to, Hey, just join the platform and you make all the affiliate money yourself. And you, and you know, you're just getting a fee in the middle. Uh, so that seems like it's still possible. What happened to the algorithm? Why did the meme accounts not grow as much? I, I, I've had on one meme guy, uh, a couple of times, tank Sinatra, you know, tank. Yeah. 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 So, so he was, he was telling me once that his account grew really fast, but then at some point it just stopped growing as fast. So the algorithm I found either helped you significantly or hurt you significantly. There was like no in between. So for the people who it helped, meaning the people who are creating great content weren't spamming their audience with affiliate ads and stuff like that were the people who it helped because now Instagram is showing their content to more people. They don't have to deal with the same competition on, you know, a timeline just based on, on uh, what, when you're posting and as, as everyone else. So now that algorithm really did help out, I would say the Instagram users, but ended up hurting the, the, the people who weren't using it properly, like the, a lot of the, the meme community, they were just spamming their accounts to death. You know, they could have 10 million followers and only reaching like a fraction of a percentage of it now. And what, what were they spamming? Were they posting too much? Posting way too many ads, posting bad content, just, just not kind of creating content for their audience. They were just posting whatever, like just no, no, no thought process going into it. How did the algorithm know that they were doing that? Engagement rates mainly. Mm. So obviously people aren't going to engage as much with an ad as they would with real content. Um, so obviously if your engagement rates are low, then Instagram will now identify your account as, as someone that they don't want to show a large percent of your audience to. But then the same people, the people who had the most engaging followings, Instagram said, this account is very good. And you know, we can show their content to a larger percentage of their audience. So I think it's kind of as simple as that. Yeah. Almost. Okay. So what, what'd you do then? So eventually I had all this stuff going on, like I was explaining to you and, and all the accounts I had became more of a, a nuisance than anything. And I sold that, I sold pretty much all of them except for the rap account. Uh, so I, I created, ended up creating a rap account because I saw that as a, as a big opportunity also. Um, back in like 2015, you know, the culture behind rap, how it was, there was con the content was never ending. There was rappers popping up nonstop. And it's a little more um, of a 
subculture versus the memes uh, accounts, which is there's there's no real meme culture. Exactly. That's like just generically everybody, but like rap and hip hop, there's definitely like a culture. There's a culture. And, and I saw I could create a real brand out of it. And most importantly, or one of the most important is that I can advertise organically, right? Because unlike the affiliate ads where it's like, you know, it's an ad, it's spammy, no one likes it, et cetera. The best type of, 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 of advertising for a rap audience is to advertise as organically as possible where people don't even know it's an ad. Right. So, 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 so like if you make a post about Kanye West's Yeezys, uh, it could feel like organic and, you know, click here to buy and they're going to your store and buying like a special discount on Yeezys. That's, that's still an organic purchase. You're, you're, you're serving up content, editorial content that people like and selling them a product that they want to buy. Yeah. Or, or, or just, you know, rappers wanting to sponsor themselves to gain a following, which is mm. a huge uh, you know, very large amount of artists. So um, that as well, it doesn't always have to be like someone bu- actually buying something. could just be people trying to just simply just get in front of your fan base. So like a, a rapper who's an up and coming rapper could contact you and say, hey man, uh, can you play my video on your Instagram account? And you would charge for that. Yeah, or even, you know, tons of record labels pay us for some of the biggest artists in the world right now. And I would say our fan base has no idea. And And just to be clear, so like, the rap Instagram account, it's R-A-P, uh, has 6.3 million followers, which is amazing. How, how did you get the rap name? Um, so I got lucky. I, I decided that um, I wanted to create a rap account, right? So it was the first like, name I could think of. It was rap. <laughs> and no one had taken it? Someone had taken it, but it was already, it was in, because, like I said, I had done business with pretty much everyone in the community on Instagram. I already luckily knew the guy who owned it, and he was doing nothing with it. So um, pretty much made a deal with him for, for the account, which had no followers at the time. And, and you built up followers the same way, just reaching out to other people and saying, hey, we're rap, so you might as well follow us. And then as we build up a following, we'll link back to you occasionally. And I don't know, you gave all sorts of incentives for people to follow you. Yeah. And the cool thing about what we were able to do, though, is that I, I always thought that you know, it wasn't just a, an Instagram page we were trying to create. It was a, a community and a brand. So how could we create the strongest community was to get rappers engaged in the community, actual rappers. So once we were getting big enough, then we were able to do these cross promotions with the rappers themselves because now they didn't have to pay to get you know, free promotion. They could share our content on their page organically. Typically, it's content of them already that we're doing. And that was how we were able to then get a lot of the actual rappers involved in our community as well was through that process I kind of just, just laid out. And so... So like with 6.3 million followers, if I'm looking at your account, like what's a good engagement? So let's say I look at a post, it's not a video, it's just a, a, a photo, like um, your Travis Scott and McDonald's collab shirt. What, what would be like good engagement? What would be bad engagement? Like what's a good ratio of followers to likes? Um, obviously as you get bigger, the percentage of uh, what, what is deemed good typically goes down. Right. Um, so for us, I would say if, if 2% of people are, engage, are, are, are not engaging, liking it or commenting, that would be pretty good. I would say 3 to 5% is very good. Um, anything above that is like extraordinary. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we, how we deem that. And, and how many posts per week or day, whatever do you do? We aim to get at least 20 posts a day up on that account. 20 posts a day? Yeah. A lot of content going on. And, then, and Instagram is fine with that? That's not viewed as, as spam? They love that. 
Yeah, because I guess the more you post, the more engagement and clicks. Yeah, yeah. YouTube's the same exact way. Wow, maybe that's why I don't do so well on YouTube. They award the people who are creating the most in, in, or, in, in an engaging way, right? If we were just posting tons of times and posts were getting no activity, then it's spam. But if people are engaging with it and we're posting a lot, that's the best type of person you could have on your platform. How come sometimes a post just shows me the con- the the um, how many comments it has, but not how many likes? That's a new update that Instagram did in the past, I don't know, six months or so, 12 months. Um, it's not for everyone on the platform. It's just for, it's completely randomized. I still have likes on my Instagram. I can still see everyone's likes, but some people can't see it just because the look of the draw or unlock of the draw. Oh yeah. Like when you click on it, I see this one has 237,000 likes. When I just put my um, cursor over it, I can only see the number of comments, 5,000 comments. Oh, I think you might be talking about, and it was probably an Instagram reel. So that's something I noticed as well, that when you're on the desktop, Instagram doesn't show how many likes a reel is getting. It only shows the comment. Ah, okay. I'm pretty sure that's what you're referring to. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an Instagram reel. Yeah, that's what I think the Kanye West one you're referring to. Yeah, that's just something really weird I noticed as well. Because if you went on your phone, you would see the likes, but for some reason on desktop, unless you click into it, it doesn't show you the likes. But if you clicked into that, then it would show you the likes. Okay, so so you built up this rap one fairly organically, plus using the techniques you used before. Have you ever, but but uh, uh, did, when did you start or did you start buying any Instagram accounts with lots of followers or like what's what's the next evolution? Yeah, um, that, that, I, I, started buying a, a number of Instagram and Twitter accounts, you know, ended up growing them. Once we have enough followers, we can now cross promote with our own following and even leverage our following to get other, other accounts to, instead of cross promoting it to our large account, we'll cross promote it with the, the new account we just bought. So then it, it can start growing a large following as well. And then doing the same exact thing. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side-by-side side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides. 
like to get to the city that I'm ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop. Really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Let's say I'm starting from scratch. I don't want to build an Instagram account from zero to six million. I just want to buy... Uh, a bunch of Instagram accounts. How would I go about that? Is there, like, I think there's some exchanges like Tradia or Social Tradia, something like that. Flipmass is one of them. Um, there, there, there's platforms out there for sure that you, people buy and sell accounts. There's a lot of downsides to it though. And, you know, there, it's so easy to get hacked or scammed. And the amount of money that these accounts go for, if they're large or a substantial amount. So I know people have gotten scammed over hundreds of thousands of dollars of buying an account and getting hacked or stolen or whatever it is. And there's nothing you can do because you don't know who the person is. They could be in the other side of the world. And 
it's it's crazy. Yeah, like so. So, what are some best? Like, let's say again. Like, let's say I wanted to build up. I don't know. Pick a category. I wanted to build up uh, a financial uh, financial advice Instagram account with with five million followers. What what would I start to do? Or let's say I wanted to build. A, let's say I wanted to build a cooking one. That's more uh, a more common build or buy. Buy. So the first thing I would do is I would literally just message the accounts and say, you know, are, are you interested in selling it? I see. So I'd like, I'd like search for cooking on Instagram and so I'll do that right now and find kind of generic, uh, accounts. A lot of them have brand and, you know, names associated with them, but here's like one called cooking with fire. It's got, oh, it's got 130,000 followers. Uh, it's just got, it's just got pictures. I'm seeing it for the first time ever. So it's just got pictures of, um, food and then some recipes. I don't know how strong the person involved needs to be involved. Let's just say he doesn't need to be involved. What would I do? Message him and yeah, I would mess message them. Um, then you can see Instagram now has the suggested accounts that are similar to the account you're looking at. So now you can find, once you find that one seed account, let's call it, you can find tons of other accounts that are, that share similar followers. And then um, you can get tons of different accounts there as well as seeing who that account is following because odds are they're probably following other large accounts that, that, uh, that share similar demographics. So I would contact like 50 different accounts, yeah. make, make offers. And so let's say a hundred, let's, let's say someone has 130,000 followers and a decent ratio of to, so you think the engagement's real and you look through the followers and they look like they're from the U S and they're legit and not bought and so on. Um, which, which also you could tell from the engagement percentages anyway. Uh, what would you offer? Let's let's just say a hundred thousand followers. What would you offer? Um, it would have to depend on, on the engagement rate. Let, let's say with a hundred thousand followers, they're getting 3000 likes per, so 3% per, per post and like a couple hundred uh, comments per post on average. Somewhere between five to $10,000. An account like that typically goes for, I would imagine. And why would they sell? They've spent all this time, like a year, building up such a great account. Because they're probably the exact kid that I described I was when I was 19 years old. I see. You were trying to make $20 a week. And so now for someone coming here, make it saying, here's 8,000. Yeah, think about that. That's, that's, I, I said I originally was trying to make 3,000 a year. That's, that's three years of work. So let's say 10 people accept my offer of all the same criteria. And so now I have a million followers across 10 accounts and I've spent $80,000, but I've, I have a million followers now and I'm getting, you know, let, let's say I'm doing 10 posts a day on every account. So I'm getting like 300,000 likes per day across all the accounts. How would you start monetizing that? And that that's with, with cooking specific, like, or just in yeah. general cooking. Well, I, I would say number one, if it's my following, I don't like to, I would say the, the engagement is more important than the short term money of like trying to find whatever's paying the most if it's not a really a good offer to your audience itself. So I try to find something that's, that would be organic, that my audience would like it, and it would be able to generate enough money for it to be worthwhile. So that's one. Two is you potentially even make your own product to advertise to your audience. So now you have the huge following. Um, you can leverage that and you can even then run ads targeting your, your whole fan base, making, you know, lookalikes off it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that would be pretty powerful as well as then you could even test various offers or products on your, with, with, with your following and it's going well, you can replicate that and make your own brand out of it.
Okay, so like, let's say there's like a blender offering an affiliate deal and you, and you test it out and you find across all 10 of these cooking accounts, this blender is doing pretty well. So then you would say, okay, well, I should just make my own blender. And so now you have your brand's blender. And when you say build a lookalike, so you, so you can advertise on Instagram and specify, I want an audience similar to the audience of these 10 Instagram accounts. If they're your Instagram, Instagram accounts, yeah. Um, face, at least Facebook gives you the ability to, to do that in, in, in some, well, actually, no, sorry. You can't do that off, yeah, you can do it off people who engage with your account. So we could say, I want to create a lookalike audience of people, of, of, of these 10, of people who engage in the last 30 days off my 10 accounts, let's say. So this seems pretty straightforward. Like if someone were to do exactly what we just said, they'd probably be able to buy, you know, if they approach like a hundred Instagram accounts about cooking, they'd probably be able to buy 10 of them. Let's say a blender goes for like $80 and you're making a $20 affiliate fee and it's pretty good engagement. What would you expect to make off of a good uh, offer in, in terms of gross revenues? Like if it's your product or someone else's product? Um, it's tough to answer because it's such like a, a, a general. Or what so, would be a good offer? Like what, you know, regardless of product, like what would you say? Oh, that was a good offer. I would say in terms of the engagement rates and the amount of which you can quantify in terms of likes, comments, and eventually link clicks, you know, what, what is a click-through rate? So typically, is, is you could say is the click-through rate would, would quantify how engaged your actual audience is in the product itself. Yes, like 1%? Yeah, well, 1% to 3% is what I see is typically pretty good. And then of the if the click-through rate is 1%, so now you have uh, it's about 10,000 people across all 10 accounts and a million followers clicking through. And then what percentage of those would you expect to buy the product? Three to 5% would be really good. Okay, so like, uh, so 300 people and you may, so you yeah, so you'd make like $6,000 an offer and how many offers a week would you do across, uh, across the platform, across your network of Instagram accounts? It depends how many times you're posting. So if you're posting like 20 times a day, right? Then one post a day isn't very, uh, harming, harmful to your audience. But if you're only posting once a day, then that would be bad, right? So it depends how, how often you're posting, I would say, to determine how many times you want to, you want to promote an offer. Yeah. So even if you're promoting, even if you're promoting, if you're posting once a day for offers, even though you're doing 20 posts a day for other stuff and you're making, let's say on average 5,000 a day, and you just spent $80,000 for all these accounts, um, you're, you're going to make back your money really quickly and, uh, you know, make about, you know, a little over 1.5 million in that year, just posting one offer a day. If that really is, you know, all your average, you know, how much money you generate and so on. So that's not bad. And that's a business that's doable. Like right now, I would say th those numbers would be a little tough because I think those numbers are also based off like click the rate of your, of your entire following with, but it's really let's say click the rate of people who are engaging with your post, like engaging with the post. So those numbers I think would be a lot smaller, but it is doable right now. Yeah. And then you can use that, whatever money you're making per product, you could use that to figure out how much you're willing to spend on an ad. Like if you're making $3,000 on an offer, you could spend $2,000 on an ad. Yeah. And then what people do is, you know, obviously now let's say you have your own network, right? You, you then go to what I said previously. And I say, let's say you're, you have food accounts, but those 10, those you know, 90 people who didn't want to sell their account. Well, I'm sure they want to sell an ad to you. And if you know how much they're selling for now, how much you can expect to make based on what your account would probably sell a, a post for, then you can just buy 
traffic off them and send it to your page so you're getting followers from them and you're getting traffic and sales from them as well. And do you hire people to produce the content for all your accounts? Like if you're posting 20 times a day, you're not, you're not making all those posts. Do you have like... Yeah, we have a whole team of people. Yeah, and that's just about one account. So we have like on all the different social medias at this point, like, I don't know, 10 to 12 accounts. So we have a team of 10 people that they're, that are running all those various accounts, making content, engaging with the, fa- the followers, et cetera. I mean, I, lo- I love this idea. So whatever it is you're interested in, let's say you're interested in basketball, you would just go out there, buy a ton of basketball accounts. And then there's so many different things you could sell on that. Like, you know, I don't know, jerseys or basketballs or, uh, yourself, you can, you can make yourself into a basketball influencer. Yeah. Like, so you can create, people are doing. Yeah. You, I could create James's basketball tips yeah. and, and everybody, all my network of accounts can shout me out like, Oh, here's James's latest exactly. tip, you know, that he shared exclusively with us first. Look at and, that. And then you say, look how James uh, got a 40 inch vertical and how he's <laughs> windmill dunking the ball down. It's true. I, you know, they say white men can't jump, but I'll prove them all wrong. There you go. That'd, that'd be pretty explosive. That'd be, yes. that'd be a good offer. <laughs> um, so, so how many followers across all of your social media accounts do you have right now? Currently have 13 million. 13 million. And you don't use anything like social tradia. So I just, I, I just looked it up. So it's socialtradia.com sells Instagram accounts, for instance, but none of them really have great engagement. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe I'm not, I didn't really explore it that much, but. Uh, you wouldn't use a, an exchange where people put up their Instagram accounts for sale and then. It... I, I I mean I just for one, the I, I just I really it, it's really hard for me to to trust buying an account off an exchange off someone I per, don't personally know just because like I said I even personally had experience very bad experience with with being hacked even I bought an account off an exchange and it, six months later after you're putting in all the work you're growing it et cetera. You wake up and the account's gone forever, and you you know fifteen year old kid in some other country in, in the world. Um, so dealing with that unknown, and you know knowing that in the future you you can be hacked by the original account owner, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you've wasted all your time and money and energy. Personally, that that that's why like I I probably unless I really know the person, then I I wouldn't buy an account um, and invest a lot of money into it. But if I'm just getting into this, I'm not going to really know anybody. I guess I could reach out to the cooking accounts and talk to them and see who I can trust. And I, I saw you made a suggestion in one of the groups, um, make sure you get the original email that was used to sign up for the account because the original email person could always steal that account back. But yeah, like, or or you should do, you do you ever do this as a service? Like I'd pay you to develop my, hey, get me an Instagram, a million followers on Instagram. I don't, we don't do it as a, as a service just because that's hard it's, work. It's hard work. Um, but going back, yeah, if you, if you get the original email, then you should be safe. But I mean, I've seen other scenarios where the original owner is still able to reclaim their Instagram account, so to speak, because buying and selling Instagram accounts or even on any social media is against the terms of service. So you can't go to Instagram and say, "Hey, I bought an account. Someone hacked it back, right?" Because you can't do that. It's against. It's, yeah. it's like complaining to a cop that um, you, you you robbed the bank and, and and someone stole your money. It's yeah, you know. So uh, 
it's tough. So if it's they could to if they them. could prove in any way that they, that was their account, then they can get it back with IG support. Yeah. And and it, unless you know them and really make it a contract, it's hard to avoid that. So you do suggest also get a contract with each deal. A hundred percent, especially if it's a large account, like you know one to five, ten million even followers. Then the amount of money for the transaction is pretty substantial. You know some of these accounts. I'm sure you, you, you might have seen, but that the reason the biggest meme account, right? Daquan, that that company who owns it just sold for almost a hundred million dollars. So the amount of money these these accounts are are worth are is, is getting to be pretty large. Right. So I think the benefit actually is buying accounts that are not 10 million followers because they're already in in the business somehow. If you have 10 million followers, you're doing something a little more sophisticated than most people. But buying a ton of accounts of one two hundred thousand followers and aggregating them could probably get them cheaper than the 10 million follower accounts. And there's probably less chance of fraud and things like that. Yeah. Cause they're not that big that they're, that they're sophisticated enough to fraud everybody. They still have a, a loyal audience with high percentage engagement, you know, and then, and then of course you could start throwing followers your way. So even if you lose the account, you get a lot of the, the good engaged followers. Yeah. And so, uh, again, you think this this is possible now to make a good living, to build a business? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, like been, being on the other end of it um, multiple times, you know, even on Twitter, Twitter banned pretty much everyone who had a large following on Twitter. Uh, I know multiple people that haven't recovered to this day since it happened. They even banned, you know, six million followers of myself. Same thing has happened on Instagram. Why, why do they ban accounts with large followers? Completely unknown completely unknown. They just, Twitter one day decided they wanted to ban everyone with a large account. Literally people that were so careful with every single thing they posted banned everyone. So Twitter did that. Instagram had multiple massive purges where they don't say why they're banning people. They just do a massive purge. Um, so that's another thing that you have to deal with at the same time. Personally, would I feel comfortable with um, knowing that I can lose my business at any single moment and there's nothing I can do about it. And I have, you know, a family and stuff. Personally, no, I can't deal with that, like, uncertainty. And that was another huge reason why I decided to get rid of almost all my accounts years ago. Because, you know, it actually happened to me once. They banned my largest account randomly for no reason at all, no explanation. Luckily, I was able to get it back after two months. But how'd you get it back? I don't even remember. This was like four years ago, five years ago. But... I think I knew someone and like, uh, I was able to, so some, I think it, like some, like, you know, we had like three and a half million followers and someone, I think flagged it for like self harm or something weird. So that was why the account was suspended. Obviously we're not doing any, it's a, it's a comedy account. How does that make any yeah. sense at all? Right. Yeah. So, um, eventually I was able to get to someone and they were able to unsuspend it, but a lot of people aren't, I know, like I said, I know many, 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 many people lost all their accounts or all their accounts were hacked and they lose everything in the blink of an eye. So if you, you know, it's, it's something nice to have, like as part of what you're doing. But for me to say, like, I'm solely relying on this for everything I'm doing and it's how I make money. Then it, I don't know. It's really risky and it could work, but it could not, you know, what, what, like, and I noticed you're doing stuff on TikTok now too. What, what's the social media platform that you think might be both the safest and the best right now to, to start doing this idea with? Well, even TikTok is, has, has the uncertainty of the whole platform getting deleted. Yeah, yeah. So, Let's say that platform sticks around, though. 
Um, I mean, based on what I'm seeing on TikTok, it's the by far the fast. Like, if you're trying to grow a following, it's uncomparable to any platform I've ever seen. You can grow the fastest on TikTok by far. Like, like, like in a few months, I have a book coming out. Should I, um, as a strategy, should I reach out to like book review TikTok sites or something, or or start or start to build my own? Or what's the book about? It's like kind of a kind of it's called Skip the Line, and it's it's sort of my story of how I switched careers a lot. If you switch passions, how you can monetize your your passions. What are the what are the fastest skills, no matter what your age or expertise for skipping the line to, to be in the top 1% of whatever your passion is. That sounds really cool. I mean, it doesn't have to be just for book reviewers, right? It could be for anything. It could be for yeah. a random 15 year old kid that has a massive following and he's talking about your story and then says it's all in a book at the end. Yeah. So, so like it, rather than building my own kind of TikTok community, should I, would I be willing, should I reach out to those people and, and pay or what, what would be the best strategy you think? I definitely think that, um, that could potentially work very well. Yeah. It's in general, from what I'm seeing from TikTok is that you, you could get these people, these people that have massive followings, just as it was years ago on Instagram. Um, these people didn't understand the full power of their following. And the same thing's happening right now in TikTok. Kids are growing their followings, right? It, to millions of followers in a matter of a few months. So they're not well-versed on how much traffic they can send. They don't even know what that is. They just see, oh, $200 is $200. It's a lot of money. Um, and so, and, and I don't even have to, I don't even have to buy their accounts. They, it's better exactly. for me not to buy them. In a sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like what you were doing initially with affiliate deals, uh, uh, with other Instagram accounts. It's just like buying the inventory up until, you know, they decided to, oh, you know, yeah, you would just start your own products and then reach out to accounts and rather than buying the account, you would just buy the affiliate, the, the inventory, the ad inventory. Yeah. And even use it to grow. I mean, the best way to do it. It's really to, to gain people to grow your following and you're monetizing at the same time. So if you're, let's say, you know, let's say they're doing that. They're saying, go to James L. Tucher's bio, um, click the link in his bio to, to get the book if you want it or something. Now you're getting all those people to come to your page. So they're essentially following you for free because they're, you're, you should be hopefully generating revenue from those posts. So now you're essentially creating a free following and generating hopefully revenue at the same time. So that's really the best way to do it, if possible. And so, right now, you're, you're you've kind of moved from largely doing this on your own to doing marketing for other brands. So that's what the you, so that's what the Snow Agency does. So that's what on a daily basis now you're helping other brands market their products. Are you using these techniques? Like, are you kind of saying, "Hey, we'll take your clothing line and and get a bunch of Instagram influencers or TikTok influencers to?" to shout it out or what, what's your, what's your approach now? So we're not doing a, uh, a lot on the organic side. We're doing mostly paid um, just because dealing with the organic side at scale is just too much manual back and forth and too much uncertainty. I guess I would say with, you know, the people, the influencers, whatever you want to call them, um, you have to rely on them for a lot of things. And they don't always deliver on time. So it's just, we, we, so we advise our clients on everything I'm mentioning and let them know what we need to make our campaigns profitable. But we don't do all the, the manual labor of like going back and forth, negotiating prices, 
all that stuff. So like, what, what do you mean? Like, what's the, what's the organic side? Like that's reaching out to influencers and yeah, organic, yeah. And, and trying to get them to organically like a product or do you pay them? No, we're not, you could say we're, we're you, you could pay them or just posting or you for in return for a product, just in general, any of the, any of the stuff with influencers or micro influencers or any like manual back and forth communications with those people. We don't offer as a service, but we, have, uh, we give the strategies to our clients on who to, you know, who to go after if we think, you know, it'll be meaningful, et cetera. And so, so, uh, so what, what's the main service then that you do for your clients is, to build, is to sell our stuff? Ad buying, buying ads. So the, the best, now the best way to get traffic is by getting that content from people who represent your target persona, people who are buying your product and then advertising taking that content and their, and maybe their likeness if they do have likeness and then advertising on, on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, et cetera. So that we've determined that's the, the, the best way to, to leverage that content and get the most amount of traffic sales, et cetera. Now you were talking about one client that you moved from 30,000 a month in revenues to they've done a month now with 3 million in revenues. Like what, what did you do for them? Can you, can you say what the brand is or? Um, yeah, that brand is called Hollywood Hair Bar, um, but they uh, they that was all through ad buying, um, email marketing, SMS marketing, funnel building. Like what? Like email marketing? You would reach out to an email list for people interested in in that type of product, and you would buy. We weren't buying. No, we weren't doing that. Like growing their own email list and sending them offers and getting them engaged with the product and, and different offers and stuff like that. How would you build their email list? Through traffic. You know, people come to the site, there's email pop-up or anyone who buys the product, obviously, or abandons a cart. Um, at scale, you know, you're growing, you're growing that email list. Similar to how I said, actually, it's the same exact thing in a sense. Similar to how I explained how organically you were growing your following for free, an email list, if you think about it, is actually that same exact thing. You're not sending traffic, you're not buying traffic for them to sign up for your email list, you're buying traffic for them to buy your product. But the email list is essentially grown, grown for free at the same time alongside that. So that's... I see. So you started off advertising them where? Like on Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that? Google, yeah. So they would sell product and they might even break even at that point. But you know, you're building your email list. And once you have the email names, you could target for free that email list again and again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you put straightforward editorial content on it, but sometimes you sell things. And those are... So there's a life... So you know when you advertise to get a, a new person on your email list, that person has a lifetime value, and uh, you're you're able to spend enough to to make sure that the lifetime value is is profitable. Yeah. And and were they? I mean, how long did it take them to go from thirty thousand in revenues to th a three million month? I believe their fifth month they hit that. Oh my god! Like that seems incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. She moves. And very the main fast. thing was emails or did they jack up the prices on their products or what did they do? They didn't jack up the price of their products. It was through a combination of everything. Like I said, it wasn't a single thing. It was everything coming together. So consistently getting us new content, us increasing her on-site metrics and our average order value, conversion rate, et cetera, which then allowed us to spend more money to acquire customers on different ad platforms, as well as email marketing, SMS marketing, and having great products. So you know, the retention rate of customers is high when we're doing offers or new products, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, compounding effect of doing that for five months, we were able to get those metrics.
at almost a 3x turn ad spend. Wow, that's great. So, all right, well, well, Daniel Snow, how can people find you, particularly if they want to hire you? <laughs> um, if you want to uh, social media, my Instagram is Dapper, D-A-P-P-E-R. Um, Twitter, I am Dan Snow, or if you want to email me, it's dan at thesnowagency.com. I'm going to start about reaching out to Instagram accounts and buying them. This seems like, uh, yeah, like, so, okay, to protect, just to, to protect against fraud though, get the email that they signed up with, get a contract. Uh, I have to do due diligence on the engagement, like make sure they don't have fake followers and stuff like that. Like I've seen that in email lists where people will just duplicate an email list and try to sell it. And that's a big scam in the email list, you know, exchanges and stuff mm. like that. And, um, yeah, and then just be careful of Instagram. Maybe the way to do that of being careful of having accounts shut down is just by having lots of accounts, diversifying across lots of accounts. Yeah. That's it. All right, well, Daniel, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hopefully uh, your, your your audience gained some type of insight into the world. Yeah, I hope so. They, they definitely will. This is great. Awesome. So let, let me ask you, like... Uh, what what should I do to let's I have like 78,000 Instagram followers. I'd like more. Um, what do you think I should do? I would do exactly what I said. Everyone always asks me what, what's, what's the, you know, the magical secret. How do you grow followers so fast? The only way to do that is, is by paying the large accounts to promote your, that's really the only way. And then eventually once you get big enough, then you start growing organically. Um, cause then Instagram, you know, puts you on the explore page. People are DMing your content to your friends, et cetera. Like, our rat page, for example, you know, we've been, I invested hundreds of thousands into growing it, but now we grow five to 10,000 followers a day for free organically because, you know, we're getting per day a few hundred thousand people DMing our content to their friends. So I don't, I, I think I don't post enough content. That could do it. Like I'd have to figure out ways to, I mean, I have 25 books worth of content. I should just figure out more ways to monetize it or do infographics around it. Po yeah. So you're saying post multiple times a day is not a bad thing. Yep. Even though it'll lower engagement at first, probably, mm -hmm. um, like my percentages will get lower probably because nobody's gonna just like, like, like everything. You'd be surprised. And then, yeah, and then and then reach out to big accounts related and say, hey, I'll throw you like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars yeah. if you if you shout out my account or shout, exactly. you know. Sh so, and that doesn't seem like it's not like buying account. You know how like there's some companies that will just sell you followers. I don't want to do any no, of that because no, that don't seems do that. scammy. Do but that. that these are legit followers who will be legit legit engagers, and that's it. That's it. And is there a service that will do it for me, or I got to do it? I'm not sure if there is too many services out there that will do it for you. I mean, there's kids that can do it for you potentially. Yeah, that'd be great. And yeah, now well, I I I'd love to figure out how to hire you for my book or whatever it is I'm selling. Yeah, let me know. I'll be glad to. I'll be happy to work with you. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd be a fun. It'd be a good testimonial. Um, but all right. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. I think this is extremely valuable. And and just to be clear, like you probably wouldn't buy Instagram accounts at this point. Probably not. Maybe. I mean, if, if there's ever a great opportunity, I would never say no. Right. But I'm just like not going out of my way to do it right now. Yeah. And you wouldn't use any of the exchanges. Like it's so enticing. Oh, here's a, an account with seventy thousand followers. You could buy for eight hundred dollars. But it's just probably not worth it dealing with the hassle. There's, it's just, there's just so much, you know, if it's a, typically too good to be true, then they're exactly what we said. They're either going to scam you or they have fake followers and fake yeah. comments. You could buy every, fake everything. It could look completely real, but, you know, until you have it. Yeah.
All right. Well, Daniel, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on uh, the, the show. This will, this will be released on Friday. Awesome.